This is the Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast, where it's not what you do, but how you do it. This is a podcast for entrepreneurs brought to you by entrepreneurs. We have been building a multi-million dollar healthcare business for over 10 years, and we have weaved together some of the best information for the people that are doing the best work in the business. This includes Dr. Martini, who is a master in human behavior, to Vern Harnish, who has created the methodologies of scaling up that has scaled many, many of the best businesses that we all know of. We want you to not only have a business that you love, but also a life that you love. Welcome back to the Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast. I am here with Dr. Nick. What up? <laughs> and I'm Dr. Nicole. We are the owners of the Integrative Growth Institute. And we are here talking about how the customer is not always right. And your employees are not always right. And sometimes we're not always right either. True that, homie. But this really comes back to one of the core values that we uphold in our business that we find most other businesses have their own version of, but it is working as a team and having each other's back. And this is something we're going to dive into to understand a little bit more in context what we're talking about. But then also, how can you actually build out your interview process to make sure that your new hires are going to be able to uphold acting as a team player, really doing what's best for the client, doing what is best for the company, doing what is best for the team, while really being a team player that is truly in integrity with that and not necessarily someone who's just a yes man and doing it because they have to or they feel obligated, but truly doing it because they know that that's what's going to be best for the company as well as they have it in their best interest to support their team. And everything comes from top down. You know, it's just that has to start with the CEO, the executives, and they're the starting point of literally setting the standard for how the business is run, how the culture is. And it's it's so funny how, you know, so, so many companies like, we're going to create this new culture. And it's like, that's not how it works. It's like the culture is the bean. And that's why it, it's so powerful for, I mean, yeah, we're, I was joking around earlier, but that's part of our culture is, you know, to have fun, to enjoy mm -hmm. what you're doing, to not take life too, too damn serious, especially in today's day and age. But at the same time, it's setting boundaries and setting standards so that not only you show up, but your team shows up 100% of the time, all the time. Yeah, it, I really couldn't have said it better is it's top down all the way. And if you are not upholding the values, then no one will. And no one will take it seriously. And it's really a lot of individuals haven't, they haven't taken the time because they never were told that it's valuable to know what the core values of the company are. Honestly, most of the time when we are taking companies through this process, they give pushback in the beginning. They almost think it's a little bit woo woo. And, you know, I have serious problems on my hands. I have people problems and I have money problems and cash flow problems and profit problems. I'm like, yeah, that's fantastic. But none of that is going to improve without a strong foundation. 
and core values in your business is what sets the foundation. And it also sets the, the tone of the culture, which then sets the tone of the productivity and the accountability. Because you cannot hold people accountable if they don't really understand what goes and what doesn't go, what is tolerated and what is not tolerated. And those boundaries are dictated by the core values. And one of the absolute essential things for organizational health is your team backing each other. And maybe they're backing each other when someone on the team is stepping out of line, being disrespectful, or doing something that really has their own benefit in mind, but is not necessarily beneficial for the company. But this also goes for when a client is disgruntled or giving pushback or you know, giving a, a major complaint about the company because it's all about asking better questions. It's not necessarily about deeming someone right or wrong. It's about getting more data. And I cannot drive this home enough because there is a lot of emotion with people. And I'm not saying good day or bad day. I'm just saying there is emotion. There are people that have personal things going on. They have internal struggles going on. And sometimes that gets misdirected. And that misdirection could be at you. It could be at your company. It could be at a team player. And this is something that could easily create a bad situation or a bigger situation than it needs to if you don't take the step back ask better questions, and also train your team to do the same. Yeah, anytime anytime you match an emotion with an emotion, it creates fire. And fire is never something you really want in your business. And it's really being able to look at, you know, a lot of times when we deal with, you know, executives and starting out, if, if they're more of a, a strong company, they understand how important values are already. Um, but when we're working with more newer companies or companies in a huge growth phase, um, a lot of times they think that this is a waste of time. You know, in our previous podcast, we talked about, you know, always trying to be as productive as possible and investing your time and energy to best serve yourself to give you the biggest return on your investment, on your time, on your energy. And values are when you understand the hierarchy of values, that is actually what gives you the biggest return on your investment, on your time and your energy, because every single problem that you have, whether it's, you know, where are you spending your dollar, where, how are you setting your team meetings up, literally the interactions with your community, with your clients, it all comes back to the hierarchy of your business values. And it's really understanding with extreme crystal clarity what your highest values are for your business as well as your employees so that you can have a win-win relationship because the goal in life is to have a fair exchange because if you set up your business and this is what we're kind of jumping back to about culture if you set up your business to have like an amazing business and to grow and even have amazing products but you treat your team like shit it's like, yeah, they'll be behind you when times are good. But as soon as times are bad and we are, we're going to have rough times in life and in business, it's part of the cycle. They will not have your back. And this is about having your team's back, your team having your back, because times are going to be bad and times are going to be good. And we want to have each other's back on both instances. And that's only going to happen and occur when there's a win-win relationship. And what that really means is that the business is serving the employees and the employees are serving the business and really equanimity and a fair exchange. 
really, I think the same exact thing applies to clients is that, you know, you hear it all the time that if you go above and beyond for your clients and your clients truly know that you always have their best interest, when something goes wrong, they don't just quit. They don't leave you. They don't leave your company. They don't decide to go with your competitor. They stay with you. And if anything, they're more than understanding of the issue that arose. And but as soon as you, you know, have lack of trust or you have lack of integrity that is felt by that customer, you know, they are looking for any excuse to exit. And to compound on that, it's not about going above and beyond. It's every single time, every podcast, you're going to hear me say it's not what you do, but how you do it. And you can go above. You and totally be- stole that from me. I know. I'm taking full credit. It is your credit. <laughs> But you can go, it's it's really the why behind it. You can go above and beyond to match the values of your culture, of your team, of your business, or you can do it as a compensation. And it's like, if you're compensating, going above and beyond, and usually times like when we're compensating, we're trying to serve one of our internal voids, something that we find missing internally. And we, we do that externally. We provide that externally. So we'll go the extra mile to help somebody else out, trying to save them. But really, we're trying to save ourselves. And then we get smacked back in the face that that client ends up being an asshole because we need to see that reflection in ourselves that it, we were going above and beyond wasting our time and energy trying to give something that they don't actually value so everything comes back to values which is why it's so important to get extreme clarity on what your highest values are as an individual running the teams but also what the extreme clarity of the values of the businesses and then once we can go through we can link those together to be able to see that everything you do serves the business and everything the business does actually is serving you. Because the goal is, I mean, we'll get deeper into this, but the goal is to have every single employee show up to serve themselves. Because when they're serving themselves, they're inspired. Anytime they have to do something that's not inspiring, it's motivation. Anytime times are tough, motivation is not strong enough to carry through pain. The only thing strong enough to carry through pain is inspiration. So we have to have extreme clarity and that only comes from above. So it's really, it's all of creation comes from the executive team to be able to set up those systems to structure how the business can serve the employees, how the employees can serve your clientele. Two things I want to say about what you said about going above and beyond. So number one is just to be clear to the audience is going above and beyond for your team as well as your clients also requires boundaries. So when we are talking about going above and beyond, this is not necessarily having really low prices with major accessibility and everybody has your cell phone number and you're constantly working, you know, 100 hour weeks and you know, spreading yourself too thin. That is 100% not what we are saying. But at the end of the day, it's really just always having the client's best interest and your employee's best interest. And that sometimes means that you are rewarding them for doing a great job. But at the same time, sometimes that is you telling the kind truth of saying, 
I don't think you're a fit for this company and the culture here. And I want to happily release you back into the workforce so that you can do something that truly serves you. Because if you're not a, a fit for the culture here and you know, you're know you constantly feeling like you're not meeting the requirements of the job, I can't imagine that you're super happy in this position. And the same thing for the client is if a client is constantly you know, disappointed in, in the product or the service, despite you having their best interest and really, truly doing your best, it really comes down to it might not be a fit. They might be looking for something completely different. And that is potentially something that you don't offer within your company. So just understanding that sometimes it is okay not sometimes, it's always okay to acknowledge if a client or an employee is not a fit for your company as well as the company culture. When you, and we have to in business and life in order to grow, um, talked about this, you know, fire fast, hire slow. It's, it's not about, it's about how you do it. <laughs> and it's because you're a leader and if, if you can let go somebody in the correct way, you can let go somebody in the wrong way, whether that's an employee or whether that's a client, because you need everything we need to do needs to be in the mindset of service. Everything needs to be adding value to your company as well as to your employees. Even if you're getting rid of them, it needs you need to do it in a way that's actually adding value to your business and to them. So it's not just like, hey, you're not a fit here. It's been a good run. It's been a good try. Good luck. See you later. No, it's it's really about setting them up for success and letting them know why. Because they could just repeat the same cycle. And and that's you being a shitty leader. It's if you let somebody go or somebody's leaving, you need to take the time to show love, to be able to show how much you care and take them through the process of, of saying, this is where there is a disconnect between what was most important to you and what was most important to our business. So when you're going to look to serve another business and for it to serve you, these are the things that you need to look at for congruency because otherwise you're just going to allow someone else to recreate that chaos into the life. And that's unfair because we're supposed to be setting the foundation to increase the quality of people's lives. And that's the job of executives. A hundred percent. I really couldn't agree more. I got and, a little passionate there. I'm sorry. You, you did. <laughs> and you didn't let me get to my second point, but that's cool. I'll go there now. Um, it, it's interesting. So going back again to going above and beyond, uh, but doing it out of your own personal void, um, this actually reminds me of a book that I'm reading. So Patrick Lencioni, love all of his books. It's been... She's not lying when she's in love. No, like, I, I literally love his books. His books are so easy to read and they're just so on point and they really, really resonate with me. And it's a lot of things that we encompass in our own businesses, but also, you know, part of the teachings that we provide. But um, his book called Death by Meeting, um, he was specifically talking about this very situation is that uh, he was he was in a place in the business that he was asking for feedback from his executives and some of his executives, you know, gave kind of ambiguous feedback. And then there were a few that were saying, well, you know, I think that one of the reasons why the culture is down and, you know, there's a lot of individuals that are, you know, less than passionate about the company 
is because they don't always see the rewards for the progress of the company, pretty much stating that he doesn't feel that people are compensated appropriately or bonused appropriately. And then there was another executive that backed him up and said, yeah, I do think that that is potentially part of the problem. But really from there in the story is that no one asked more questions. No one went through and did a data analysis or had directors go through and interview you know, the employees and ask for transparent feedback um, to really be able to make the best decision possible. And the assumption was they're right and there must be an issue with the culture as well as the the passion behind our employees that is due to you know compensation issues so he went to their you know i don't know if it was a christmas party or some event with the company and then really abruptly announced that they were going to go public so everyone was going to have stock options and everyone was going to make a boatload of money overnight essentially and there was less than enthusiasm with this announcement. If anything, there was more shock associated with it. And then, you know, after people started to marinate on it, people started to get a bit excited. But then after going um, public, they actually ended up getting acquired by a company. uh, And through that process, the stock started to go down. And now there was a different issue at hand. And in, in addition to that, now they were being micromanaged by their, you know, company that they were acquired by. And they had individuals coming in and overseeing the company. And they started to give feedback that their meetings were terrible and that there was no... um I don't want to say congruency with the with the team, but there was a major lack of communication. There was a lack of honesty. There was a lack of trust. There was a lack of really being able to get ahead of their competition because no one was willing to tell the kind truth. No one was willing to be vulnerable and transparent. And that was the problem at hand. That was the root cause to the employees. Because like you said, when we first got started, is that everything comes from the top down. And they were having these less than enthusiastic meetings that nothing was really coming out of other than a bunch of people kind of reading off of paper. There was no there was no moving the needle forward. There was no positive decisions being made. There was no honesty, transparency, transparency and vulnerability that allowed them to really make decisions that was going to move the company forward. And that lack of passion that was happening in the executive meetings was trickling down to everyone else. So, you know, he made this huge leap in order to have the company go public. But at the end of the day, what it really did was it actually showcased the real problem, which then allowed them to mend that, which then created a completely different dynamic in the company. So going back to really the whole point of this podcast is you have to ask better questions. You have to get very comfortable with feedback. Some of that feedback is going to be positive and some of it is going to be negative. But you need to invite your team, not just your managers, not just your executives. You need to invite your team to 
to be to approach you that you are approachable that they can approach you with positive or negative feedback as long as that feedback is for the best interest of the company because you do have to have those boundaries to not make it like oh you're having a bad day let me know yeah mm-hmm. it's it's that's not what it's about it's not about people voicing and airing out their issues that have personal ties this is about hey i do think that there's a kink in the chain here but I think that if we potentially tweak this, this, and this, this might make it better. I would love to provide you with this information. And if you want to talk more about it, great. Yeah. It's like a lot of times we're scared of negative feedback. You know, it's as an executive or CEO or, you know, you're the entrepreneur, you create the business. I think a lot of businesses don't even invite the idea whatsoever. Of any feedback or just negative feedback? Any feedback. Think about how many years it took us to start implementing feedback. And, you know, what was so interesting is I know personally as a female, I was very, very scared of feedback. It, not necessarily just from employees, but from clients because the business was our baby. And it was, you know, so much blood, sweat and tears put into the growth of the business. And... I didn't want to hear anything bad, but I was thinking about it in the complete wrong context of feedback just allows you to become better and better and better. And it's not about being emotional. It's just about, hey, these are things that you're not seeing. And here is an opportunity to be even better as a business, be even better in your industry and potentially work your way towards being the best in your industry. Oh, 100%. And it's like, I mean, you said it so elegant, but just to transition it and say the equal and opposite is that it, you have to grow as an individual first mm -hmm. in order to meet that. And that was that was why it took us so long because us as individuals, we weren't ready, you know, mentally, emotionally, because if, if somebody gives you feedback, whether positive or negative, that positive is going to just grow your big ass head and you won't be able to get out the door. You're going to think you're the shit and you're going to be blind to all of the things happening. That's killing your business. And on the other side, if it's negative, you know, you're going to go home and you're going to just probably have a drink and cry and, you know, feel like crap. And then instead of understanding, like, Let's use the wins to be able to compound that and make them even better to be able to capitalize off of it. And if there's negative things, all right, awesome, because that's also just a huge opportunity for growth. It's kind of like, you know, looking at the stock market. It's like when it's up, awesome, I'm making money. When things are low, awesome, I things are on sale, I can buy more. So it's be able to, to be able to look at it in a straight objective way. But the only way we can do that is to, for us, the executives, to not be emotional. And the best way to do that is like Dr. Nicole said, is to have really intelligent quality questions. Because when we do that, that drives, anytime we're emotional, the part of the brain, the limbic system of the brain is the emotional. And that's reactive. We're always making, you know, every single decision when we're in the limbic system, it's all based on half truths. So we're either overly positive or overly negative. Things are overly good or overly bad. And we're gonna make really, non-healthy decisions you were gonna curse i was gonna curse <laughs> stop myself we're gonna we're gonna make non-healthy decisions uh instead of when we actually we can transfer the energy from the limbic system of the brain to the prefrontal cortex of the brain which is also known as the executive center of the brain so if you're an executive of your business you have to be functioning in the executive center which is objective 
the emotional limbic system is subjective. And if you want to make really intelligent decisions, we need to drive the energy into the executive center of the brain. The best way to do that is by asking quality questions. And when we ask quality questions, we can actually increase our conscious awareness to see both good and bad. And we can use both good and bad to serve ourselves. So we're not emotional. We're like, this is awesome. This is great. Doesn't matter if it's positive, doesn't matter if it's negative. We're going to use it to serve ourselves. And by doing that, we're going to have a strong foundation for your business, for your team to be able to have each other's backs. And I think that it's not just really about the executives. You know, everyone's business is going to be a bit different, but we have decided to infiltrate this into all positions of the business. So if you're a frontline employee, if you are, you know, an executive, if you're a director, if you're, if you're a manager, we have our interns go through a value determination. But it, it's just important because if, if you don't infiltrate this into all avenues of your business, then you're going to have a ripple effect. You always will have a ripple effect if you have 80% of your employees that have each other's back, that they are truly acting as a team player, doing what is best for the company, doing what is best for their peers, but then you have the 20% that are not. The 20% that are not can seem like a small percentage, but they will create enough issues that it will ripple into every single aspect of your business. So this has to really be embedded in the culture. And there also has to be boundaries around what is tolerated and what is not. So one of the things that we have now infiltrated into our interview process is being able to ask very open-ended uh, situational questions to really be able to test someone on how they can handle a situation that would require asking better questions and critically thinking before responding. And you know, one of the things that we've done personally in the integrative medicine practice, because this is really, really common in our, in, in medicine in general, is that a patient will go through some type of treatment or therapy and then provide feedback that they had a bad reaction or that they don't want to continue that or they feel that they were harmed. And really at the end of the day is that you don't know the reality of that situation unless you ask better questions. But it's also a different scenario if you administered, you know, the the therapy or if you administered some type of service and someone is coming back to you saying, I didn't appreciate that. I had a bad reaction. I had a bad experience. You can speak to it because you administered it or provided it. But if you have it coming, that feedback is coming to you based on a team member, you have an opportunity in that moment to either say, oh, well, the client is always right. So let me apologize up and down and, and make them, you know, feel better about the situation. Or are you going to ask better questions to really understand if what this person is saying is true? And what you'll find once you ask better questions is that there is an opportunity for learning and there is also an opportunity to potentially coach one of your, you know, employees. So specifically, one of the questions uh, that I asked during the interview process is, you know, Sally is 
doing her program and she just received something called sound wave therapy. And she says that sound wave therapy created a lot of pain and that she never wants to do it again. And she also feels that Julie, who administered it, isn't trained and that's why she was hurt and that she needs more training and that we should really have individuals that have proper training and proper credentials administering these therapies. How would you respond? And this is such a moment of truth for people that would come and work in our practice because they are either going to say, well, you know, I'm going to make sure that I ask more questions and understand, you know, what did they feel? What was the experience? Um, you know, where where did they do the therapy, X, Y, Z, so that I can better speak to it and let them know was it a normal response to the therapy or not. And then some individuals will just say, I would apologize. I would then make sure that I removed it from their program. And then I would make sure to have a very stern conversation with Julie about how she might not be trained. And that to me is not having someone's back because you really don't know if the therapy was administered wrong or if the therapy was harmful. All you know is that this person has an emotional reaction to what they received and you don't know if that was normal for their case and their diagnosis. And you also don't know if there was really anything wrong that the person administering did. So it's not necessarily about right and wrong. It's about did the individual ask better questions? Did they critically think? Did they gather enough data before they can really provide feedback to that client who is complaining? And this goes for all industries because, again, sometimes the complaint is coming from the person who just got into a blowout fight with their spouse and then you ended up calling them to book their appointment and they took it out on you. You know, these types of situations happen left and right. And sometimes it has very little to do with the company, the product, et cetera. Um, but then sometimes it truly does have to do with the company, but sometimes it is a lack of information and it, there is a huge learning opportunity for the client. And there's a huge learning opportunity for even the person who provided the product or had the conversation because maybe they're not educating properly. You know, if Julie, who administered the therapy said, hey, I just want to give you a heads up that the area that we're doing this right now. You know, this could definitely cause some discomfort. Here's the top three things to expect that might be on the negative side. But on the positive side, you can also look for these changes. So either way, you know, you can reach out to us if you have any questions or concerns. But I just want to give you a heads up because these are some of the things we've seen in the past. Like that goes a long, long way opposed to having your your um, client or I'm sorry, your employee say nothing at all. Yeah, I mean, 100 percent. You pretty much covered everything on that. I would say the only additional thing I would add is, you know, when it comes to somebody being disgruntled, it's there's always a break in communication. That's that's all it comes down to is a misunderstanding of what's happening. And, you know, coming from our business, we do an insane amount of training. So it's like it's not that somebody provided a treatment wrong. So and you don't want to come out. It's it's always about connection. So you don't want to be like, sorry, ma'am, like we're the best of the best you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Like that's not going to go over well. So it's really about, you know, people want to be heard. People want to be acknowledged and loved. So it's about taking the time. Like I, I hear you. I understand the frustration. Can I ask some more questions so I can, so I can help you. And that's going to calm them down for one. 
So it's going to allow them to be less reactive. So then we ask them quality questions. And then it's like I said, it's like, you know, yeah, it was a detox symptom, you know, but it's always going to back of like, why, why did you come here? Why did you buy the service? Why did you buy this product? And this is why it's helping you. So you're always going back to what's most important to the person. And yeah, if something's inspiring to them, if it's serving their, their needs, they will go through pain and pleasure to be able to achieve that goal. But if we don't connect at what's most important to someone, we're going to have to motivate them. And motivation's exhausting. I was almost going to cuss again. Motivation <laughs> is exhausting. It's like you don't want to spend time motivating your clients. You don't want to spend time motivating your employees. It's exhausting. We want to lead through inspiration and we want to do that through our employees. We want to do that in our personal lives, but we also want to do that with our clients because we want to empower everybody to be able to serve themselves. And when somebody's disgruntled, that's all it comes down to is saying, Hey, this, this was a negative side effect. Yeah. Not fun. Not fun at all. And you can also share a story because I mean, all of our staff and all of ourselves, we've done all of the therapies. We know the good and the bad throughout everything and through healing, it's a process. Just like, you know, invest in the stock market. There's highs, there's lows, there's, like, there's pain, there's pleasure. So it's about just connecting everything back to what's most important to why you're serving the client, why they're working with you to be able to, to create a win-win relationship. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Crushed it. There was something that I was going to say and I totally forgot. So, I mean, this whole conversation is about having each other's back. And when we have each other's back, it's, it's not to have your back to, to create a right or wrong. You know, it's not that, you know, I got your back and the client's wrong. It's, it's always about coming back and connecting a win-win relationship because we want, we want growth. You know, that's the biggest thing about humanity is that when, when we look at, you know, the foundation of everything's energy, it's like, we're, we're evolving or we're dying, we're expanding or we're contracting. And if, if we're not growing on the other side, it's not fun. So it's always about trying to connect, have each other's back in a way to allow growth to occur. It's, it's, you can have somebody's back, but it can be, you can use it for good or bad. And so it's, it's really about going into having the intention before you have somebody's back of like, how and why am I doing this? And doing it in a way to be able to serve both parties uh, because if one party wins and the other one loses it's it's not a fair and it's not a fun situation yeah and i i definitely think that these are are things that really come back to the culture and it's building it into the culture to kind of know what the standards are and again it really always comes back to communication and potentially lack of information or detail and I will say is that I don't take anything personally anymore. Like someone can come at me and say, like, I think your diagnosis was wrong or I think the therapy hurt me. And I just take that step back and really just I'm like, OK, you know, there's first of all, there's always a solution to a problem. So if there is a pain point you're experiencing right now, we'll figure out the solution. So that's not my concern. My concern is more so understanding where the kink in the chain is and, you know, how can we be able to get on the same page. And that is, is something that it definitely takes time and it takes discipline and it and it takes mindset shifts in order to get to that place that you're not necessarily feeling personally attacked. And this is something that also takes time to build into your team. 
Uh, Because we've definitely had, you know, scenarios that the team is like a little rattled with certain things and we're able to, you know, help them, coach them through that process. So I think that that's an important point because a lot of, a lot of us as CEOs and business owners, especially when we have really large teams is we, we don't want to feel like quote unquote babysitters. And I'm saying quote unquote, because your job is to lead and mentor your people. And if you think that your job is not that, you're living in a fantasy. And I'm just going to be super blunt about that. Your job is to coach and mentor your people. Even if you have recruited and scouted out the best of the best of the best is They could be amazing at their job and have amazing technical skills and have amazing skills within that segment of the company. But at the end of the day, as the CEO, as the owner of the business, it is your job to constantly be there as that leader and that mentor for your people. And it's not babysitting. It's not handholding. It's none of that. It's about being the true leader of your company. And that's really all that it comes down to. And that is one of the things that you cannot delegate. And if you think that you can delegate it and you think that people should be self-sufficient because you hired the best of the best, again, you are living in a fantasy. And this is not my opinion. This is proven by many of the methodologies of the companies that are the biggest and the best in their industry. So Scaling Up by Vern Harnish, Patrick Lencioni, who is one of the best of the best in organizational health, and uh, Keith Cunningham, these are the top people in the industry. And they say it over and over again is, your job is to mentor your people. I mean, John Maxwell owns leadership and that is his whole foundation of it is constantly growing leaders and growth never stops. So it's like the mentorship always has to continue. And I mean, we pay coaches a lot of money to to be able to learn from so we can pass down that knowledge, that information, so we can be amazing leaders. Yeah. So it, it never, never stops. But I mean, it's like when it all comes down to having somebody's back, it's the foundation of having somebody's back. And the easiest thing is values. You know, it's if somebody's out of a line, you have to be objective about it. It can't be emotional. And the objectiveness comes of, are you in alignment with serving values or are you out of alignment? Are you not serving values? And it's that that needs to be there for really the growth of the business as well as the growth of the person. Because if somebody's focusing and functioning out of lower values, that is going to create more chaos, more pain, and slower growth. It's actually going to be reverse. So It's always about making sure and setting the foundation of having somebody's back to allow them to serve your values, to serve their own values. 100%. So just kind of recapping here is just understanding that some of you, uh, this whole idea of values or core values of your company might be very, very new. I just want you to understand is that number one, it takes time to really nail down your core values. And yes, they can change. They can change year to year. They can change decade to decade. And it's really just about the evolution of your company. But if you have not taken the time to really nail down what your values are for your company, is that you probably have a lot of chaos and confusion around what is tolerated and what is not tolerated. And this is potentially creating issues in your company culture. 
So one of the things that we do at the Integrative Growth Institute is we take people through a very rigorous process, not only to figure out the core values of the company, but to also figure out the personal values of the CEO and the executive team. And from there, we also even figure out what is your leadership biology through your human design? Like, how do you best communicate with people? How do you best take in information? How do you not take in information? How do you shut down? Uh, why do you shut down? All of these things are really important or being overlooked in the cookie cutter coaching industry. And, you know, when it comes to establishing this foundation, then it's building off of it. It's building off of it on having really clear goals, but then also having proven methodologies that truly work in the best of the best companies. And you might think like, well, I'm a five man show. I'm a 10 man show. I don't, you know, I can't even think about competing with these large companies. Well, guess what? The framework still applies. It just applies on a smaller scale. But if you do want to grow and scale or you do want to get your life back because your business runs you, all of these things apply. And number one is figuring out the core values of your company, but then also setting a culture that your team has each other's back, that you have your team's back, and that you're able to always do what's best for each other, but also do what's best for the client with appropriate boundaries. So again, if you're looking to learn more about this process and how you can dive in, hop on a call with our team. We do completely free strategy calls. We actually do an amazing assessment so that you can actually learn where the kinks in the chain are in your business. Because like I say, you don't know what you don't know. And once you have it on your radar, it's just radar. <laughs> it's just such a light bulb moment. And you're just like, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So uh, so it, it's definitely time for a change and time to dive in because it's really just a matter of you want a business that you love. You want a business that is profitable and successful that you love to show up to every day. But you also want a life that you love, that you're able to enjoy because you've created a business that works for you. I mean, that's the one thing we didn't talk about is having your own back. You know, it's like we talk about having your back and having your employees back, having your customers back. But the one thing we didn't really say is it all starts with you. You can't give something you don't have. So unless you know literally with strong clarity what's most important to you and that you set a business up that's serving that and vice versa, you're serving the business, you don't have your own back. So it's it, you can't have anybody else's back if that foundation isn't there. So you have to be able to have crystal clarity, what's most important to you, your highest values, making sure that that's congruent with serving the business values so that you can show up inspired every day. You don't have to wake up and be like, oh shit, another day. This is gonna be exhausting. <laughs> no, it's like you wake up, you're fired, you're going through, you know, you're having a protein breakfast, so your pancreas is healthy. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to the previous podcast. <laughs> setting up your day to win for you. Yeah, it, it's definitely huge. It all ties together. And for those of you that are negative Nancy right now that are like, yeah, cool, that sounds great. Because <laughs> I've totally been there when I listen to things and I'm like, oh, that must be lovely that you can do that. Um, everything is a choice. 100% everything is a choice. And 
you know, I know what it's like to be the hamster on the wheel and to really be like in the shitter <laughs> and just feel like, oh my gosh, like, am I going to survive this? What am I doing? Why did we do this? But, but it, that's why we're talking about it right now because it's so hugely important and we didn't do it for so long. And, yeah. it, and that's what created so much more pain and, and chaos and chaos until we finally hit that threshold. We're like, we, we got we to make a change. We got to make a change. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So learn from our mistakes is the key. <laughs> well, we love you guys. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, definitely, again, take advantage of a strategy call. Comment below. Share it with your friends. We appreciate all your love and support. You've reached the end of another episode of the Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast. Connect with us at integrativegrowthinstitute.com. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to receive our free materials. See you at the next episode. If you love today's episode of Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast, please head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you.